What's up, guys? Welcome to the sesh. Today, I have a special guest. Uh, I haven't talked to you in a while, and we were just talking about this off camera. It's been how many years? Four years. Four years. So, yeah. How fast has those four years passed by? I feel like we just blinked, honestly. Like, crazy, right? <laughs> yep, it's very crazy. So we were catching up, and and one of the interesting things, I, I always liked having you on and liked your episode because you're very raw, <laughs> and, and you'll just say how it is. Very unfiltered. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that we're going to talk about today is understanding Oh, Jesus. I don't think <laughs> I understand me, <laughs> but let's, let's do it. So so uh, what I want to know is that obviously one of the things that doesn't get talked about enough is depression. Uh-huh. So I want to kind of dive into that. And I feel like coming from the social media world, like all I see are, are there, there's an unfair advantage on social media for men versus women. Okay. And I feel like a lot of women can grow their social media a lot faster versus men. Well, because of the selfies or what is it? I Mainly would, sexual content? I, Not, I would say yeah. sexual or just the looks of perceived. Yeah. Like, is, is that true? Am I, am I onto something or what yes do you Yes and no. But I also feel that the it's turned a lot, right? Because now there's more men out there and... I mean, it grabs women's attention prior to before where women were a little more subtle. They weren't liking as many pictures. They were more reserved. Mm -hmm. And now I feel that... I, I mean, look at TikTok. You have all these, like, what do you call them? The ambulance people or the doctors. And they're like, oh, look, he can be my doctor. So I think it's yeah. just switched a little bit. Cool. I don't I don't necessarily. Do you think it's based off of, like, the value that they're given or the looks? Because I, I've always had this problem. Is like, uh, I, I used to dress a certain way. Mm -hmm. And before, I was never comfortable wearing one T-shirt, like, ever in my life. So this is, like, a huge deal for me. Okay. And I've done a lot of work, but I had to, had to do all the work to get there. It took forever. And I feel like, you know, obviously beautiful people will have always have the advantage of getting the eye first. Yeah, for sure. And then getting them in. A am I onto something? Like yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you have to have some sort of attraction, whatever it is. I mean, you, you see something on Facebook and you like it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like body wise. It could just be a face feature. But women are more, more, I guess, how do you say it? Uh, more open to it now versus being quieter about it. Mm-hmm. From before. I get you. Okay. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, right? I see what you're saying. Uh, what I think also is they, that men nowadays are kind of going through depression because they're getting a lot of uh, rejection. So, for example, I, I know men. Uh -huh. I, I know men are mostly inappropriate, and at times they're going to go try to find a woman online. And yeah. the, the first line of, of getting on But women are equally as inappropriate. They just are more subtle about it. I feel, okay. yeah, I feel that's the same thing. It's just that we get offended because like, oh my God, it's, that's the way we were taught. So it's now it's like, oh my God, he's coming. But I mean, we treat men like pieces of meat too. You know what I mean? And okay. I, that's my opinion. Well, the thing, that, the thing that I've noticed is it's very hard for men nowadays to get attention. Mm -hmm. And because like, obviously they're going into like the DMs of women. This is what I've heard, right? Okay. I'm married, so I don't know these things. But this is what <laughs> I hear. And I see it too, because like, there's a lot of men that are depressed that can't find a woman. Yeah. So they're going online and they're, they're reaching out to these women and they just get ignored or denied or whatever. It's like, whatever. So the men don't even stand a chance. You think so? I think so. And okay, so let's say that let's reverse the roles. Okay. So if a woman goes into a DM for a guy, you think she would get the attention? Absolutely, you because think so? because there's not there's not women that are out there DMing men. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the other way that. around. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think I would know. I mean, I'm on social media all yeah. the time. But I mean, I think there's an unfair advantage because I think that's why men are so depressed because they can't find a woman. Well, you can find a woman. Maybe you're doing it the wrong way. Maybe. But yeah. So then share some insight on how a man can find a woman. At Target. I just <laughs> Go to Target. So in 2023, how can a man, a younger man, that's that's probably in his uh, 30s, that's struggling to find a woman, I'll how does you, he find a woman? Or I how does he so, act towards a woman? Well, it's so different now, Josh, because honestly, if you go back 10 years when we were both, well, obviously out of high school, right, but younger, it was harder for uh women did not have the same mentality as they do now i feel you have a lot of uh, independent women who make their own money have their own houses have their apartments so in reality they don't need a man prior to before 
you were looking for a candidate that was kind of like, okay, stable enough. Maybe I want to be a stay-at-home mom. Maybe I don't want to do any of the aggressive work. So I think times have changed. I think women are taking on... More independent role. More independent role. More of the men role, actually. And the men, I think that's kind of the intimidating part for a man. Okay. Right? So. Okay. I see what you're saying. So is that is that a good thing for women? Because I've heard the argument, too... That a very independent woman that makes a lot of money that doesn't need a man mm -hmm. is going to end up lonely one day. Why? Because she doesn't have the man. She doesn't have the companionship. Oh, no, that's the thing. Like, well, I'm in a very different stage now, obviously, than I was four years ago when I came, right? I was going through my divorce. I was dealing with uh, divorce life, making sure that my kids were okay. So my mentality was like, I have to make sure that these kids are fine before anything else, right? Mm -hmm. Now... I started dating. I've been with this guy for about eight months. He's younger than me. He's 31. I'm 40. But he, he compliments me. I'm very aggressive. I'm very like, oh, my God, I'm not going to stop. I need to conquer the world. Mm -hmm. And he's, very, he's not subtle. He works hard. He works harder than me. More reserved. But he's more, yeah, reserved. He, he takes care of everything else emotionally. Okay. Right? Versus trying to surpass me or try to, like, tame me. So I don't think that women are going to end up lonely. I think they're just looking for something else versus the stability. Is it companionship? Companionship, maybe the affection, the love, the attention, the nurturing, the caring, that portion of it. Okay, so talk about how important that is, because I don't think a lot of people understand that. And, and me as well, because I'm a man. Uh -huh. So for me, it's very hard. Like we have the machismo stuff. Yeah. We, we are men. We, we just don't get things sometimes. I think, and that's the hard part, because you guys try to aim and impress, and I've seen it in my industry, where men try to impress with what they can provide versus what they can do for you emotionally, right? So, yeah. uh, this guy, the first time that we went on a date, at, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to start dating. And... But I, I've been around men, so I kind of—I was gonna start dating, but I was—I did not have an open mind to start dating. You it had was just your guard those, up. Yeah, I had my guard up. He shows up to the house most of the time. Whenever you would go out on a date, they would be like, "We'll meet you here, right? We'll go to this bar. I'll meet you here, and then we'll be here at seven. He showed up to my house with flowers and picked me up, and he took me on a date, which hadn't—I ha hadn't seen that in ever, not even for my friends. So to me, that was like one of the most impressive things, right? I've, of course, I had my guard up. So I was like, oh my God, why are you so corny? But I thought that, <laughs> right? Like, why would you do that? But I thought it was one of the sweetest things. And those details and that being, hey, how are you? Did you eat? Make sure you eat. I know it's three o'clock and you have a schedule full. Why, why aren't you, why haven't you even stop and do, you, the, the caring part, the, yeah. you know what I mean? So what is it about being in a relationship for so long that that doesn't happen anymore? What do you think? Because I mean, you, you said you were divorced. Yeah. You went through the divorce. So mm -hmm. looking back in retrospect, what are like some examples of like life lessons that you learned from that? Well, I was married at 19. We had babies right away. There was no taking care of each other, right? It was more... Straight into parenting. Correct, right? And the parent... I mean, you're a parent. You have two babies. That's hard. It takes a toll. If you don't know how to balance that, then your relationship lacks, right? You At 10 o'clock, you're trying to put kids to sleep or, you know, trying to get into a schedule. You're exhausted. You work full time. So I think that's kind of where it gets lost. That I don't think I ever had that with... What I have now, I never had it with my first relationship, but because he was also very machista. Like, he was like, it's my way or the highway. His way of um, communicating was through argument. This guy does not argue at all. Like, I argue. I fight, and he's kind of, like, super calm, and I'm like, why aren't you fighting back? Like, you need yeah. to fight back. So it, it's a lot of things that you're unfamiliar with, which, when you realize that that's what you're looking for, that mm. somebody that actually cares and takes care of you and... And is here and goes above and beyond. I mean, this guy wakes up at 5 in the morning. He doesn't work here. He works in Corpus. Wakes up at 5 in the morning till, you know, 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the afternoon. And his work is physical. He does construction versus mine is mental. And yet he still takes the time to make sure that I, he talks to me every night. He comes home every weekend, even though he's tired. So that, I think, is what, what men are doing wrong. I get you. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, do, you, do you think you're more inclined to entertain the relationship because you haven't had one for so long? No. 
So explain a little bit more on that. No, because I wasn't looking for a relationship. I don't need a relationship. I want to be in a relationship. I was okay single for the last four years. I didn't need a man. I didn't miss the... Well, I didn't think I missed the companionship or the... the I, I wasn't lacking anything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I realized that my last kid's going to move out, right? In two years, and I'm like, okay, do I get another dog or what am I doing, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> put yourself out there. And that's when I said, I was like, I'm going to put myself out there. But even when I put myself out there, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm putting myself out there only because I know that that's what I should be doing, right? But I didn't really want to put myself out there. I was... I was fine. I was good. Yeah. No, I, I find it very interesting in, in the world and the landscape that we live in because I, I see now, like, because I'm, I'm consumed by social media. Like, that's my job. So yeah. I don't use it like most people. Like, I don't look through people's things. I use it as a tool to, like, market and push okay. the stuff that I have, right? Um, I think there's a misconception is, like, I'm always online. Technically, I am, but I I'm, always, I'm working. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's kind of a different thing, but... I find it very interesting that that there's a lot of depression and there's a lot of hate and there's a lot of stuff that's about to come down the pipeline, like inflation that we were talking about, that's going to have a huge effect on a lot of people. Like, did COVID affect you? Like, how did that, that, how did that affect your life? It, it took me, it made me realize a lot of things. COVID, obviously we were stuck at home for whatever amount we were stuck at home. So it made you reflect. I enjoyed the cooking. I enjoyed, but it was more downtime. I had never had that. I remember I was, I was telling yeah. you, I was like, oh, well, I was in the go. And during COVID, it was like, whoa, there's a lot of time in the day. Like I read books, I watched shows, stuff that I had never done and actually focused on them. So I think it put a different perspective in my life too. Once I got out of COVID, I was like, okay, you need to find a balance. You, you, yes, you can work hard, but try to be home for dinner. Try to travel, coordinate your traveling dates so that way your kids don't miss you as much. So it did make me reflect a lot. Yeah. But we saw a lot of businesses close down. It was scary. When I first started traveling, because we were, were insurance, so we, we, we were able to still do the traveling, still work. I went to San Antonio and I was like, just to get out, I'm tired of being at home. I'm going to take my kids. Went to San Antonio. The Riverwalk was empty. Restaurants work. That was scary to me because it was like, wow, reality check. Like these people are not making a living. How are these restaurants going to stay open? You know, and these are big chains. Now imagine the smaller ones. Well, it's crazy because I heard uh, McDonald's is about to lay off a ton of people. And that's McDonald's. Like, this is a worldwide sensation. It's like they're about to start laying off, I think, 50,000 jobs. So, like, the world is slowly starting to come back to where, like, all these huge franchises and all these huge businesses are starting to to feel the repercussions of people that don't want to work. Yeah. That are getting tired and they just are, they're fed up with the system that we're already in. Yeah. And what are you seeing? Like, well, now. I'm, I was friends with the owner of um, Jack in the Box. He's the one that opened Mr. Gaddy's in West Laco. And he had to close down a lot of his restaurants in Corpus Christi and Laredo. But because he says that people are demanding to get paid more. Right. So you're looking at students that are getting paid 13, 14 dollars. You can see the advertisement on McDonald's or wherever you wherever you go. He's like, it's hard to keep up. And now these kids don't want to work. My meals have to go up. Right. The, I mean, try going to a 99 cent menu now. Yeah, there's it's, no it's impossible. Night. He's like, it's hard to keep up with them. So, yeah, I do see a lot of the big chains closing down. Yeah, I, I, I heard the other day that I think uh, Burger King is like the what used to get a Whopper for is now like three or four times of what it it was worth back in the day. It's yep. crazy. So like how you have children that are older. Yeah. So what is their mentality going into the workforce? Well, see, my son goes to college and he goes he works at the university. He do, he works at the library. And then he does door dashing on the side, but nothing big. But he's not concerned. He's going to college. He knows he has his mom. Me, I'm the one stressing. My daughter works. My daughter works in an office. And um, she's very conservative when it comes to her money. She doesn't worry about, she pays her bills on time, but she's not very knowledgeable when it comes to like the real world. If she were to move out, I think she'd have a huge reality check because light, water, right? Whatnot. But it's expensive. I was talking to my boss. Um, I was in Dallas last week and I was talking to my boss and we have adjusters that make very good money, but that good money is not sufficient enough to survive nowadays. That's the crazy part. That is crazy. They're living in the same place, rent. My, my taxes went up $10,000. You know, their rent keeps going up every time they renew their lease. Yeah. Food? Try girls. I mean, you have babies. Yeah. 
you go grocery shopping, you bring $300 and you don't bring nothing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it, it, insane. It's, it's kind of scary. That it's very scary. It's scary what is about to happen because like even the eggs, like remember when their eggs were like super expensive? They're still expensive. They're, well, they're super expensive. And my dad actually encountered it this year because obviously, you know, he has the... the yeah. The Easter eggs, right? He couldn't get merchandise. The eggs were too expensive. He had he has his reserve, but like he couldn't uh, sell it for wholesale, nothing like that. He was struggling with that this yes. year. Yeah, so. it's it's gonna be a very interesting spot, like with the banks that are closing down now. It's like it's 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 a very interesting thing to see how. And this is what I've been saying: is like we we have these elected officials mm-hmm. that, that we look to to like you're gonna fix the problem for us, right? Yeah, because you're supposed to be smarter than us. <laughs> yeah, and they fuck up. This yeah. is like oh, why you, why do you get upset when we fuck up? Yeah, <laughs> that's the craziest part. Is like I, I came to that realization. I think I only came to that realization because I'm getting older and yeah. I have money and I don't want to lose it. Yeah. So I, I feel like a lot of people like they still have the mentality of like I'm gonna spend 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 spend. It was like, what happens if a rainy day comes by but then also like what happens if your money goes to zero yeah like what the hell do you do yeah it's it's crazy it's insane like like i was telling you earlier i was like before ten thousand dollars was impressive right you're like oh my god ten thousand dollars is amazing and i was like okay ten thousand dollars can possibly get me for two months because now your house payment is more expensive gas groceries main you know taking care of your kids it's it's ridiculous yeah, it's, everything costs money yep and everybody wants to have their hand in the cookie jar too yep so i mean i get it i, I come from the world of entrepreneurship yeah it's just difficult like to see like a lot of businesses are closing down so that owner and all those employees are gone but you have the upper hand too because if you need to work more you make it happen right versus somebody who's just on a salary base and get stuck with just their salary because they don't think outside the box. You know what I mean? Like So then touch on that because I think that's important. I think uh, I, I, I always talk about if, if you want to make more money or to get some success, you yeah. have to have some type of skill. Yeah. And I feel skills are like the soft skills that we're talking yeah. here to be able to have a conversation, but also selling and also have a, a fundamental skill like... Like for me, it's digital marketing. I know right. how to market and I know how to advertise and stuff like that. But those specific skills will help me get a job in the workplace. Correct. So kind of touch on that because I, I think uh, a lot of people don't really understand to a certain extent what they kind of need. Like you have to work. Exactly. I And I think that it came out a lot during COVID. I mean, you saw a lot of people started doing stuff to sell cups. They started using their cricket. They started thinking outside the box. Yeah. But then I think we spoiled them during COVID too because you had all the unemployment with the extra fees. Like they weren't working hard. I feel that even if you have a full-time job, you need to find a way to make additional resources, whatever it is, sell plates, whatever it is that you you like doing, whatever yeah. is your passion, do it. Because if not, you're going to be stuck. Everybody's going to be complaining about how they're not making it on a $70,000 salary here in the Valley, which to me back then would have been like, oh my God, you're making $70,000. And I was like, what are you doing with only $70,000? Well, the median, uh, the median income in FAR is $50,000. So like, it's, it's a very interesting thing to see like, what's going to happen in the next few months? Like what's going to happen to these people that that can't afford things? Well, and that's the thing. If they stay stuck, they stay stuck. There's not going to be, they're, they're going to be living a day. They're not going to be thinking outside. The, but there's a lot of people like that here in the Valley. I feel like they don't run their horizons and try to do something additional so that way they can make $300 for the light bill. Or, you know what I mean? Additional, yeah. like whatever, they're not cutting it. They Because, I mean, the kids are not going out. If you have kids, they're not going anywhere. You have to feed them. Yeah. You know what I mean? $50,000 used to be a lot of money. It's not a lot of money anymore. I remember when, when I first started with the marketing 11 years ago, I was getting paid $36,000 a year and I was super excited because I was like, oh my God, like that's the most money I've ever made. Try paying me $36,000 now. It's like, no, thank you. Yeah, like, because at that point you could pay your house bills, you can pay yeah. you can pay your car bill, you can do all that stuff. But uh, I and mean, still have think extra about shopping. it. Like, yeah. it's, it's almost doubled already. Yeah. Like it's the price just to live is doubled. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I find the world is, is, I don't know. Because I, I, I consume Twitter too much, and, uh-huh. it, and Twitter is just a depressing place. <laughs> I need to stop. I need to yeah, stop. Yeah, you need to stop. <laughs> it's like the news when people watch too much news. Yeah, they just like start seeing all this this hate and all this stuff. Well, that's yeah, going if you on watch the, the Mexican news, it's the worst. It's worse. They're so, so dramatic. You're like, oh my god, the world is ending. It's like, stop watching that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, are you familiar with artificial intelligence? 
I think you we spoke about this four years ago. I was I, I've been fascinated with it because uh, the world of AI has like dipped into my world now. Uh -huh. So I, I use it every day now, and and they're talking about going back to the the world of dating, right? For, uh -huh. for younger men, uh, that there's an app in China uh -huh. that is an artificial intelligence woman that will be your companion. So apparently there were like a million people on this uh -huh. and it, it crashed and people got depressed and they were committing suicide. Really? So that, what does that tell you? Like, what is the state of the, the mental state of people that they have to go to a artificial intelligence dating service to get that companionship? Is it far reach that it's not out there? No, there is people out there. I mean, I, there's a lot it's of like people. like 7 yeah. billion people. I know. <laughs> I just think that we've been so inclined with the phones now. Like, you, you want to find online dating. It's like, half of it is crap. Like, I, we talked about this four years ago. Half the crap they put on their, their dating sites is, is all a bunch of bullshit. I mean, mm -hmm. you're trying to sell yourself, yeah, right? Yeah, you're selling you're the gonna, best Yeah, the you're best not going to put all your, like, <laughs> negative comments on it. I think people are just inclined to do it the easier way versus, I mean, you're not going to meet anybody good at the bar, maybe once in a while, but that that's not the thing you should be going after. But there's people out there, get yourself involved. One of my friends actually is going through a divorce now. And what she did is she started going through a divorce group. So she has, she's with a bunch of women, but they do different things every weekend. And that's how they mingle, but they also get to meet people outside their circle because when you're married or when you've been dating or when you've been single, you kind of just stick to the same people all yeah. the time. There's no way of running it. Yeah, so. yeah, you have to have a little community that you can rely on people to talk to because I think a lot of people just don't have anybody to talk to, period. Do you feel that? No. No? No. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like that because I've seen so many. Well, I mean, think about it because if you're, you're in a marriage and you're in a relationship, mm -hmm. usually they don't go out. They don't have any other friends besides your core type of well, friends. Well, that's wrong too, though. And I learned that from my first marriage. So explain, yeah. explain a little bit more about you that. You have to have a life outside your relationship. I, I feel, right? You need to be able to go out with your girlfriends or him with his guy friends to be able to maintain some sort of sanity. Yes, you can be that person's center of the universe, but then, what? God forbid, something happens. Then what's going to happen? You're, you're going to stay alone in your room by yourself forever because you neglected all your friend groups, you neglected everybody else? And no. they slowly started leaving one by Correct. one. Correct. Yeah. And I get it. Everybody has a life, and I'm not saying you have to do it every weekend, but kind of don't lose touch of who you are outside the relationship. Because once you start losing sight of who you are outside the relationship, it's over. Like, I... You, you become one and that's it. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that's where the depression kind of hits. It's, it's interesting. I also think that, <clears throat> that the older you get, and I talked about this before, is the more coping mechanisms that you have to have. In yeah. Life. Because, like, for example, like, like when I started getting busier and busier and I started working out, the workout was my stress reliever. Uh huh. So I got to get that out of my system and I got it over with. Like, so, so when I work out, it kind of marks the end of my day and then I get to go home, relax with the family and stuff like that. I don't think people have a lot of those. No, they what, don't. What are your coping mechanisms? Um, working. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is there such a thing as work-life balance? There is. Like I said, now I'm more careful with, with what I do, right? I get home at 5. I have dinner. I have 6. I have dinner with the kids. I talk to them. Um, I unwind for a little bit, and then I get back on my computer, and I work on whatever I need to work on. I don't, I'm not as crazy as it comes before. Before it was like, oh my God, my numbers. Oh my God, let me check this. Oh my God, I'm hitting goal. I'm, I can't stress myself over something I cannot control. The weather would change and I'd be like, shit, all these claims are going to come in. Like customers are going to be calling me. Like the agents are going to be calling me. Now I'm just like, whatever happens, happens. If the world ends, <laughs> it fucking ends. I don't care. So I, I think that, um, Well, you yeah. could have only have gotten that through experience. Well, Yeah. But, but like I told you, at, at the beginning, I was kind of just so focused on working, 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 because I didn't want to deal with anything else. I was going through my own battles, which was my divorce, my separation, dealing with my kids being okay. Because at that point, um, when I was getting divorced, my daughter tried to commit suicide. I don't know if we talked no, about we this didn't. last time. Yeah. So she uh, took pills, ended up in the hospital, and then my son, my middle son, was going through his own personal battles, and he was attempting suicide, too. So it's one of those things where it's like, shit, like, okay, let me... Life is falling apart. Yeah, life is falling apart, but let me see how I can grasp on. So to me, the only way that I could control it was if I was always overwhelming, right? And, and I felt that that became 
a battle within myself. And I was like, I can't be living like this. Like, I'm constantly worried. Like, he hasn't, you know, it, it just became sickening in a way for myself because it was kind of like, I can't leave him alone. Like, what's going to happen? They're going through their own battles. I can't deal with my own crap, right? Because I have to make sure that they're okay. So I think after everything, how they say that after the storm comes the calm, yeah. I, I feel like I'm finally getting some like, okay, it, it's it's okay. It's it's okay not to stress out. It's okay they don't call you within the five minutes. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. So yeah. do you mind touching on that subject a little bit more? No, go ahead. Because I think that's an interesting topic that, that nobody ever talks about. Yeah. But it's dealt with a lot. And mm-hmm. it's dealt with in silence. Yeah. So kind of like talk about that that where your daughter, your son were, were talking about or trying to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. So kind of touch on that and how you dealt with it. I think I dealt with it by becoming an overwhelming parent. I was constantly um, checking up on them. I would go to their rooms and make sure that, you know, they they were breathing, right? It it, it became, like I said, secondary. It became something that it was, like, so mentally exhausting because I couldn't go throughout my day without thinking that they were thinking of something else, even though we had already spoken about it. And I'm glad they they both spoke to me about it. Well, my daughter took the pills. And she told me what pill she had taken, and we ended up at the hospital. But my daughter was going through her own battles, too, because obviously I told you what happened with my ex, right? So she was going through her own battles. And at that moment in time when I was taking care of her, I felt like I couldn't take care of me. Like, I I was going through my own battles, too, if that makes sense. I was going through losing a marriage, not realizing who I had been married for the last 15 years, dealing with a kid that is, like, went through it, right? Physically went through it. And me is like, how do I justify my feelings at this point, right? Nobody, nobody really ever talks about that portion of it because you're too busy being a mom. Right. And, um, and I think that's one of the ways that I coped was, okay, you have to stay working, working, working because you don't sleep anyways. Might as well work. Keep your mind busy and make sure these kids are fine. So was that the right move? Uh, at that time, yeah. I felt like because I was so available for them, maybe I don't. I, I want to believe that now they're okay. They, you know, they already surpassed that. And my son's in college. My daughter is doing good. She's actually going out there more. So I, I want to believe. Yes. It's 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 weird because I, like as a parent, you'll never stop worrying. And yeah. I, I've asked like eighty year olds, and like they still worry about their kids. Yeah. So it's just you're always gonna have that that part of you with with your children. Like, yeah. It's, it's always gonna be there. So I, I always say that as like some people are worried about their kids. Like you're gonna worry about them the rest forever. of your life. Yeah. forever. Yeah. They're they're your kids. Yeah, but it's a different kind of worrying now, right? Like, and even with my sixteen year old, my sixteen year old just finished counseling last year. And he was going through his own battles, too. His brother had just moved. First of all, there was a divorce. Then dealing with what his sister was going through. And then his older brother, who's his best friend, who had taken over the role of my ex-husband, moved to San Antonio. So then you have him with all these mixed emotions. And my my youngest son is not so verbal. He doesn't speak a lot. He's kind of more of the quieter one. And then he burst out crying, and he was, like, so angry, and he's so mad. And it's like, okay. Thank you. Like, let's get you into counseling. If there's things you cannot talk to me about, I'd rather have you in counseling because his sleep schedule was off. I was like, you should not. And I, I guess I feel guilty because as a 16 year old, you should not be going through that. Well, I, I would, I don't know, because I would say that sometimes kids just can't talk to their parents and having a counselor or, or somebody that they can talk to. Well, I'm saying like that. they shouldn't be, they should be enjoying life versus having to right. deal with all these inner demons. Right. Yeah. And I feel I feel guilty because it's like he doesn't have his father, which was not my fault. But as a parent, you can't help but feel guilty, feel right? Guilty. He doesn't have his father. He Frank shows up whenever he shows up, and that's that. Like, and that's one of the things that also people don't talk about is like when you get divorced, that father, who can be the best father on social media or whatever you want, does not take priority on his kids he's trying to build his own life when the mom's the one dealing with the babies and all the aftermath and are they eating like this guy thinks because you send him like he sends some money that that's being a parent is like no you don't even know your kids yeah and i think you touch on an interesting subject because you can you can be a dad you can't be a father yeah it's a very interesting thing is like the the reason why kids don't have relationships with their fathers when they when they grow up and they've been divorced is because the father probably didn't take the time to develop that relationship when they were young and i feel like every parent should make a huge effort to have a relationship with their kids 
Like, I believe like, why, the same thing. Why would you not? They're your children. But let me ask you this. Do you feel that when you're married, the wife's the one that kind of drags the father along to be involved in the kid's life? No, no, I don't think so. Because I, I've always hang, hung out with my kids. Yeah. Like, I've always had that relationship. I was very cognizant about how I wanted to be a father. Okay. Because sometimes I didn't have that when I was a kid. So I was overbearing with my children. Like okay. always giving them hugs, always giving them kisses, always telling them that I love them. I was like, dude, you're not going to want to hug me when you're older. <laughs> He's like, yes, I am, dad. I was like, no, you're not. You'll yeah, see. Yeah. But I, I kind of put that into his head. That way, when I get older, I want those hugs. Yeah. Like I, I, I thrive on that stuff because I love my children. Yeah. Like I think, I think men are cowards that bring children into this world that don't take care of them. I believe, and I strongly agree with you, but I also feel that at a, to a certain point, once you get divorced, if the mother does not try to involve the ex-father, he'll just, they, go, on yeah, he'll just go on his own. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's because they don't have that motherly instinct or they don't want to, I don't know what it is, but they don't. And then they go and they have babies with somebody else or they go and take care of somebody else's babies. It's like, okay, you have three kids of your own. I don't care who else's babies you're taking care of, but take care of your own kids. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting topic that I don't think really people talk, talk about, about it. No, <laughs> no, nobody ever talks about it. I mean, they're quick to bash people on Facebook or the dads on Facebook, but it's like nobody ever talks about it. Nobody ever. I mean, all they see is a bitter mom talking crap about the ex-husband. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's never, the, I promise you, that's never the case. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting world that we keep on going through. And the older we get, the harder it gets. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my sister the other day. I was like, hey, nobody ever prepared us for this when we were young. <laughs> like, nobody ever told us it's going to be harder when you grow older. It's, it's harder because we make it harder, I feel too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you know, definitely. like, well, nobody ever prepared us for like yeah. kids. Like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is, life is so unpredictable. And I think, uh, I think, that's the case for everybody. It's like, you never know what's going to happen. Like, for example, I had a, my friend Jen in here the other day. She had cancer. She had battling cancer for so long. And she had just started feeling well and in good spirits with the family. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, cancer kicks in. And then she, her mom gets cancer. So it's like, nobody ever prepares you no, for No, nobody things. ever does. So it's just like... I kind of want to give insight like of how people deal with things because I think nobody ever talks about that. And I kind of want like a guide, like if this ever happens to you, then this is what this person did. <laughs> Maybe it can work for you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's a guide for anything. I think that you have to kind of just go along and roll wing it and hear, yeah, roll with the punches and hear people's perspective. I think people have the tendency of going to ask, for example, you for advice, right? I'll be like, hey, you know, Josh, I'm going through this, whatever. And then you, you give me your input on it. And I'm like, okay, thanks. And I don't take any of your yeah. input. It's like, okay, you wasted an hour of my day. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even take, not even a fraction of whatever I told you. In other words, just tell me you just want to vent and don't, you don't want to hear any input, right? So I think a lot of people don't listen. I, I think a lot of people are stubborn and until they fall to the ground and then it's like, okay, shit, I should have listened. Let me get up now. Yeah. So And it's, it's a little too late by then. It's too late by then. Yeah, because then you severed those relationships. It's like, it's only me, 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 me. Yep. Me, me, me. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I told you, like, and nobody teaches, well, nobody teaches nobody how to be parents. But like I told you, I think it's instilled as a mother, it's instilled a little bit stronger than with the father. Yeah. And that's why I feel that fathers kind of get reeled into the parenting. Not a lot of people want to be fathers. And if they want to be fathers, they want to be dads, but they just want to be the title of the dad. So yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting world that we're living in. Yeah. And then <laughs> with the future coming up with artificial intelligence, I just find it more weird. <laughs> it's it's going to be strange. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I have one of these robots boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> this is my companion for life. Yeah, this is my companion for life. <laughs> so to change subjects on, on, um, uh, on work. Okay. So tell everybody what you do. So I do marketing for an auto insurance company. I haven't gone fired yet. And it's been <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been with the company? Now I've been uh, five years. Okay. Five years. And I'm actually taking care of all of Texas now. So when I, the last time I spoke to you, I was only taking care of um, the Valley, Corpus Christi, Laredo, and Houston. Now I have Dallas, San Antonio, El Paso, and everything in between. So I'm taking care of all of Texas. So what, what does that look like, like that industry? What does it look like as far as from like a... Uh, like I say an economy type of, uh -huh. of style. Like, what does that look like? Is is there more people coming into this insurance age or how does that work? Yes and no. Yes, because they're, they're moving more towards the online platform, obviously, right? I have a lot of agents that will stay open and, and we still have a lot of that uh, encountering with a, with a customer. But I, I do see a lot of 
Progressive, for example. Progressive, you go online and you don't deal with an agent. Your down payment is $100 cheaper than what it would be to go with an agent. And that's because obviously you're removing commissions towards the agent or whatever it is. So I think that that's where it's going with the younger people. With the older people, you and I, I still want to see somebody. If somebody messes up on my bill, I want to go yell at you, right? right? I'm not going to yell at somebody on the phone. But I, I do see it switching. And then car insurance right now is another thing. It's super expensive. Super expensive. What used to be $30, $40 for a liability policy, now you're looking at $70 on a low end, hmm. right? So it's, it's making it tougher. People are not making and, and you feel it more when you kind of start hearing the agents talk about the people on Social Security, right? The ones that only have that paycheck that go and pay their bill, but they don't have money for the whatever it is, the groceries, whatever other bills they have to pay. So... It's been a struggle. Wow. I, I, I never even would have thought of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. From not being from that industry. It's crazy. Yeah. So you're seeing the older demographic is struggling more. Yeah. Wow. I do. Okay. I see that. Well, yeah. Think about it. I mean, they're in a set income. Their, their limitations are literally limitations. Unlike somebody that you and I, like I said, we can always go find something else to do and right. replenish some of the income that we're losing because now everything's more expensive. What do you think about the workforce that that's coming up? Like the ones that are going to replace us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the world should just end. The world should just end right now. <laughs> I feel sorry for the world. I, I don't know. I, I mean, their intake is so, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. That I don't think anybody has the answer to it's, it's until crazy. it happens. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree with half the crap that's going on on social media or, or that woke thing. Like, yeah. I don't agree with it. Obviously. I mean, I respect everybody's thing, but it's like, I, I don't, I don't know. There's I, just, and I think somebody talked about this. Uh, there's just, too many options Mm -hmm. there's too much to pull from it's like okay well what what is right what is wrong like they 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 do a good job of kind of like confusing you yeah and they're like well maybe this guy's right maybe this guy's right no this guy's right he has some right stuff or she has some right stuff it's like so they do a good job of confusing you and you don't know what the fuck to do yeah do you feel like that i feel like that (laughs) but i feel like we still we're still pretty set on what we believe in so it's harder for us to get influenced Try talking to a 21-year-old or 25-year-old, 26-year-old, anybody below 30. Their mind's not fully developed, right? So mm-hmm. anything they see, on everything they grab from social media is like, oh, that is correct. Like, you're right. Oh, you don't agree with this? Why don't you agree with it? What about, it's like, I have one of those at home, you know? Yeah. The, it's, it's the argument. I mean, I don't want to get it. Well, I'll get into it. The abortions, mm-hmm. right? She's like, her body, her choice in general, right? And I'm like, I don't believe that that should be a birth control method. That's all I said. No, it's because it's not your body. It's like a huge, full-blown, and I'm talking like... And that's because it's in the family. It's in the that's family. That's the crazy part. That's the crazy so, part. So, well, it's like, I'm talking full-blown uh, argument over it. And I'm like, I'm not... Dis- I mean, it's their body, their show. It's what am I... I'm telling you, I don't agree with it. Like, yeah. I do not agree with it. But that, to her, is such a big deal because... It's like you can't even think your own way anymore. Exactly. Like I, I, I'm scared sometimes to put stuff on social media because I I'm know not. somebody. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know somebody is gonna be like, "No, you're wrong." Yeah. Something. There's somebody. There's always going to be somebody on social media that's gonna have somebody something to say that's yeah. that's opposite of what you think. And if you're wrong, because I come from a world of like reputation building, yeah. right? So like everybody that you see and that community that you've built, on. The community that you've built in person and now they follow you on social media and then the community that you have on social media, they're two different people. Yeah. They usually think differently. So Correct. if you say something, one of these people is going to say something stupid, which they always do. And it goes against the values of the other people. So it's very, it's a very interesting thing to like, sometimes I find myself in a weird boat where like I have to navigate straight and not offend either side but sometimes they're like fuck yeah don't lose you you know what i mean like i feel that people lose themselves because they're trying to cater no yeah yeah, it's like you're absolutely right sometimes i try to cater to the people and i'm like more the more i cater to it the more i don't like it yeah it's exhausting it's like okay can i is it okay am i all right with doing this am i right with not no like Like if you have to ask yourself that question don't lose yourself you have to ask yourself that question like am i doing this right it's like then that you're losing yourself yeah people are gonna like you and respect your opinion for you they they should if they don't then they're not mature enough to even 
be in your circle or be it. I'm sorry. That that's my mentality. No. Like it's too exhausting. Yeah, it's it's mentally exhausting. It is. trying to be different people exactly. for different people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> With me, it's like what you see, what you get. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I've always liked it because you always just spit it out like. Yeah, it is. it's like I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> sorry, I was literally talking to one of my agents. For, obviously, I deal with very different branches of agents, right? And I have one in Dallas who has 12 locations, multimillionaire. And we were going to go have dinner. We were going to go talk about business. And um, he asked me, where do you want to meet? Well, I was looking for a location that was close, convenient to me, right? So that way when I would leave, it wouldn't be so exhausting because it's Dallas. And um, I chose this little place called Mavericks. Shitty ass bar. But I'm like, it has beer? It has pizza? <laughs> like, and he was quick to tell me, like, you really want to go eat at this place? I'm like, why not? He's like, well, it's because it's not to my standards. I was like, look, you either eat with me or you go on your own. <laughs> like, it is what it is. Well, I'm only going because of you. I was like, granted, that's fine. You you come this way. I'm not going to go to one of your five-star damn restaurants to go have a beer. Yeah. And so, yes, people have, like, people, if people want to be with you or people want to get involved with you, business-wise or, or whatever, they're going to go to you. If not, it's not worth it. Do you feel like a lot of, of people, like, they front their uh, their status? Yeah, like, for sure. So talk about that because I think I find that interesting. Like, for for me, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm not cheap, but uh -huh. I'm cheap. I, I just don't like <laughs> buying things yeah. because I know the, the state of the affairs or it's going to happen in the future. is like I'm trying to hold on to every little bit yeah. that I can for an emergency. Of course. And I think a lot of people, that they're, they're just flashy with shoes and, and watches and, and stuff like that. And people that don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I feel like if you really have to flaunt yourself that much, then you don't have anything to back it up. I, I don't feel if somebody's successful or somebody is well off, they don't need to walk around flashing it to everybody. You, you know what I mean? Like, I feel the people that are more insecure with their financials are the ones out there flashing, putting out there, oh, I went here, I went there, you yeah. know, or, you know, I bought myself this. It's like, no, you, yeah, you couldn't pay your rent, but you bought a purse. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that concept. Yeah. I, I, I found that the America was, especially with social media, is America the envious. Like people want to get everything that they see online that other people have. And when yep. they get there, they're like, well, does this really make me happy? It's, no. no, it's like, it, it, that's not happiness. But a lot of people, like you said, they try to one up each other. They try to put stuff on social media. That's not even real. I've, I even told you this last time. I'm like a lot of the crap that you see on social media is a bunch of bullshit. Like have these people, the married ones, the ones that are together, like posting all this, you know, I post corny stuff. Yes. But, <laughs> um, posting all this are the same people that are having, you know, marriage problems or are doing their own crap. It's like, no, social media is fake. It's just for entertainment only. Yes. I feel smile for the camera, a smile is, for the camera. And then, and then go live your and life. And then go live your <laughs> life and go fight or go get that argument or, you know, go stress out over something. Like, no. And I wish that social media was more real. Like, I, I want to hear people that are struggling because I want to be able to give them a different input or, like, maybe, like, oh, fuck, they're going through that. Like, shit, I didn't know that. Let me try to reach out to them. Let me see how I can help. Oh, let me have my guard up in case this happens. I feel like social media is really, really fake. Yeah, no, and I agree because, I mean, think about it. Like, the, you're getting the best of their lives. Exactly. Like, smile for the selfie. And, and then, then as soon as it's over, you're going back to fighting yeah. or upset or, or upset those about people, something. Those are the people going through the depressions. Josh, like, a lot of these people you see on social media that are depressed, that are posting all this happy crap, when in reality they're unhappy with each other. So how do you fix that? I don't know. I mean, social media has taken over everything. So you feel you have to be in competition. Like even right now when you told me, you're like, I'm so scared. It's like, don't be scared. You you lose you. Yeah. Don't lose you. Like, I've known you forever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're and a straight I, shooter. Like, yeah. And I, I also feel like also over the years, uh, it's been, tell me if this is true, like it's from your 20s to your 30s, to your 30s, your 40s, or even from, from 18 to 21, yeah. you're different people. Oh, yeah. So kind of touching that because I, I've had this conversation. It's like a lot of people hold like past regrets and past uh, things that they fucked up on, right? Yeah. For In their past lifetime. But those people have grown so much since then that You're they're not, the not even the person. same person You're anymore. You're not the same person. So kind of touch on it. Well, real simple. Even when I got married, and I explained this to you, I got married at 19. I was a kid, right? And I was married all the way to 34. At that, person, at that time when I got married, I was still a kid. So I didn't get to evolve 
because I was married and I, w- I had babies. So I had to be a mom and I had to be a wife. And I feel that when I separated and that got taken away from me, a lot of time got spent on like, who are you? Like, what do you like? What do you do? What do you do on your own? Do you enjoy this? Who am I? Who am I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it was one of those things that's like, damn, I've never gone to go have dinner without having four different opinions. Like, what do I want to eat? Right? So I'm not the same person that I was. And, and this is why I told you, I was like, this is such a good podcast because I'm not the exact, I'm not as bitter <laughs> as I was four years ago or as in defense mode or survival mode anymore. I feel like I've kind of let a lot of that stuff go. But it, even hearing my old podcast, it was like, damn, Janie, like you were very aggressive when it came to just being very, um, your shield up, right? Like you, you had your walls up. So now it's like, okay, I want you to get a different version of me because I am not the same person. Even four years ago, I'm not the same person. I was going through something. I had to survive that. You had to go through it. Yeah. I had to go through it. I had to survive, but now I'm in a whole different stage where it's like, I'm still as aggressive and I feel like I, I still have a lot of my walls up. And even now getting into this new relationship, um, it's hard for me to adapt because there's a lot of things that I'm not used to. Like you've told me before, I have a very strong personality. So I'm not used to being the girlfriend, right? So it was, we were in Dallas and uh, we were at the Starkyards and he said, okay, it's time to go home. And it was 11 and I wasn't ready to go home because I'm in Dallas. I'm like, you leave. (laughs) I'm going to stay here. (laughs) My best friend's in town, she'll come pick me up. And obviously he got mad, right? And then I got mad because he got mad, but he stayed with me. And I was like, Janie, like, you really have to reflect. Like, if you want this to work, like, you cannot be this human anymore. Like, you, you kind of have to fold a little bit. Not, yeah. not a lot, but you, you have to fold so that way. A give and take. A give and take. Like, he's, he's tired. You're obviously not ready. But at the end of the day, like, tomorrow you're still going to go out. So it's... It took me back. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> but it, it's been a lot of adjustments to me because I have been single for four years, right? Yeah. And it, it's, I'm not used to it. I'm not used to like, oh, shoot. Like, let me text you real bad. I've gotten so much better. Like, I, I feel that I'm reflecting on myself and I, I want to be a good girlfriend. But a lot of it is like kind of letting my walls down, which yeah. that's the scary part. Which is part. the hardest part because yeah. the, the, the fucked up part is it could happen again. Exactly, like, exactly. And that's the crazy part is like you never know what's going to exactly. happen. Exactly. Like you're telling me you're not going to break my heart. But in reality, like we don't know if you're going to break my heart or not. You know, so it's like it's one of those things that. Yeah. No, I find it interesting because I feel like a lot of people, if they don't at least just get like one hour to themselves a day where they like sit in silence mm-hmm. and just reflect on whatever they, they do. Like, I think that's important. I think that's like their outlet to like self-reflect. Okay. Like, even if it's just like one hour. Cause yeah, because that, you what do I the do. workout, right? Yeah, well, you, you go for your workout. Yeah, and then my mind just goes blank like when I'm there. So it's like, it's an, it's an escape, but it's a needed escape because of the stresses of Yeah, life. and I do that. I unwind at home. I'm I'm not addicted to TikTok, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be banned anyway, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> oh, yeah, because of the policy, you know, because of election, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I have that hour. I'll sit at home. I, I put background noise, and I just, like, sort through my day. Like I said, I am very happy to be where I'm at now. Because, yes, I worked my ass off, but I feel, like, emotionally, I'm, like, okay now. Like, I'm yeah. not undefeated. Undif- I'm not in defense mode anymore. And, like and it I'm, takes a lot of work. It does. So t- touch on that because I feel like a lot of people just assume like you're just going to get over it. <laughs> no, so no. Talk about talk about what you had to do to get to this point. I had to take care of myself. And I think that a lot of people don't, women, don't do that. I feel that we talked about this last time too. It's like you go from relationship to relationship trying to fill a void, but you haven't even taken care of yourself. So you're not going to be the best version of yourself for that other person if you keep just kind of jumping over. And they're not going to be the best best version for you because right now you're just looking for an outlet. So even if you're getting a little bit of attention and then, like, he's a horrible boyfriend, you're going to be like, okay, great, like, I have somebody else. It so, fills the void. Yeah, it fills the void. So I feel like you have to spend time with yourself. Realize what you want and what you don't want. And, and and a partner as well, right? It's like, okay, is this going to be good? I, I feel now that I don't see 
a relationship as a relationship. I see it as a partnership. When before it was like, oh my God, isn't love and everything's going to happen like magically. And okay, so touching that again. <laughs> so, so, so you said the relationship is a partnership? Yeah, I believe it's a partnership. I think in order for, it, for a relationship to work, I think you both have to have similar goals and want the same things. But you have to be realistic about it as well, right? You have to be able to... I never knew what it was like to actually communicate my feelings. And this guy, like, like I tell you, like, I talk. And I'm like, wait, you're not mad because I'm not thinking the exact same way you are? He's like, no, if that, I respect your opinion, but this is the way I think, right? So I, I think that... Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> I got sidetracked. The partnership. <laughs> the partnership. I feel like you have to have a partnership because, yes, love is great. But you need to be able to build something with somebody, right? You need to be able to have that that um, foundation, foundation. Yeah. yeah, and then build your way up. Yeah, because I, I feel like, you know, obviously you're going to go through life, you're going to get older, and yeah. you're, you're going to want to have a companion, and your companion should be the best version that's for you. Exactly. Like, like, why would you want to live with somebody that's making you miserable? I mean, think about it real quick, Josh. There's a lot of women. I always say this. If you have a good man... It reflects on the woman, right? So I also feel that if the girl's doing her job as a girlfriend or partner or whatever it is that they're, they're doing, the guy's going to flourish too. I, I feel that we motivate men. Men are designed that way. Men are designed to be taken care of, but also to push. I'm sure that your wife pushes you into a certain way, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Without that, you you have no goals you have yeah, nothing yeah. yeah you're kind of just like ah, i'm okay watching tv the whole weekend no i i think that as a girl you you kind of have to push your partner into like hey you know what you're already doing this like let's focus on this let's do this or you know what do you see yourself doing in two years L let me help you get there do you you know so yeah and i would say that also the opposite is true too like yeah. with, with men helping the women because there's there's a lot of men that just will literally just work and yeah then they can't detach themselves from like this is what i do this yeah all i do it all day long so it's like it's hard to detach the work from the husband yeah or the family it's very hard for people but uh i find it a very interesting world that we live in because <laughs> i mean it's getting harder it is and nobody ever told us that it was going to get harder the older we get. <laughs> <laughs> You're still with that. I'm like, still it's not hard. We, I think we just complicated We complicated our ourselves. I think we do complicate it ourselves. So how do we uncomplicate life? I don't think that there's a way to uncomplicate it. I, I just think that you need to stop trying to run from every... People don't go through the motions of actually like healing or going through a situation. I feel that people just kind of like run. So you complicate your own life because how many people have been married four or five times? And they're not successful. Why do you think it is? Because mm -hmm. you haven't had a break. Who are you? You're that guy's wife, that guy's wife, that guy's wife. It's, it's, it doesn't work that way. I think you uncomplicate yourself by finding out who you are, who you what are. you want. And then you know exactly what you're going to handle and what you're not going to handle. Interesting. I like that. I like that. That's that's some good insight right there. <laughs> well, Janie, we are hitting an hour right now. So any uh, what I want to get from you before we finish off is some Three top tips for life advice uh -huh. and then three top skills that people will need specifically for your industry. And I think uh, your industry and that that will bleed into life. OK, period. so the aggressive first, life. <laughs> yeah, aggressive. Don't ever. But I feel they both complement each other. Okay. Yeah. So I think you have to be aggressive. I don't think you ever give up. You, you always want to with moderation. You always want to continue being more. Once you plateau, like there's no more. There's no you don't, you don't have the drive anymore. Uh, second, be happy. Honestly, I mean, not naive, happy, but be happy, happy. That, that's, that's a little <laughs> bit harder for people to get because they're like, you say happy. Well, how do you be happy? Well, there's a lot of things to make you happy. A puppy can make you happy if you get a puppy, okay. right? If you, you just be happy within. You, you don't have to show the world that you're happy or it doesn't have to uh, impress the world. Just be happy. Yourself, yeah, yeah, yourself. Do the road trip. Do whatever makes you happy. Even if it's a weekend, go to the island, park there. You don't have to rent a room. You don't have to waste any money besides gas. Like, be happy. Work on yourself. Work on yourself, yeah. for sure. Work on yourself. <laughs> and what, the third one? I don't know. <laughs> Start your workout plan. That's what yes. they should do. <laughs> Are we Keep promoting it now? <laughs> Keep your no, mind No, I'm very proud of you. You're doing great. But Thank we you. forgot to talk about the drums. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so. So, so when we first met, uh -huh. I was a drummer with uh, Tren. Tren, and yeah. That, that's, that was my life. I think, how many years ago was that? Oh, shit, I don't know. Ten? Ten? Yeah, I want to say. Ten Juarez, years. Flying Juarez. Flying Juarez days. My, my buddy James owns it. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I would play drums every night on the weekends 
And those late nights turned into early mornings. We probably get home like at three, four, five in the morning sometimes. And then I had kids. Yeah. And that that got old really fast. Yeah. So you're asking me why I haven't touched it. I haven't touched it in a long time because I was just too tired. I can't I can't deal with it anymore. It's like that late nights and early mornings just don't work anymore. So let me ask you this. Sure. What shifted on with you? Because I know the last time we spoke, it was kind of like, okay, this was a project. You were doing the podcast. But now I see, and I do follow you online, and I see you doing, and I'm very proud of you, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I, I told you that when I saw you. Um, I see you doing your workouts. You're doing your documentaries. Like, what switched? So I turned 40, uh-huh. and I was <laughs> <Me> like, <too. laughs> I, and you know, the thing is with COVID, like, I was just drinking a lot. Like, yeah. we'd wake up. And then we start barbecuing and then we start drinking. Okay. And it was probably like 11, 12. And I, we do that every single day. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm started getting weight. I started getting, my health started declining. And it just happened that, that Mike came into our lives and we were having a podcast with him. He was like, uh, Rob was like, well, train us, train us 40 year old asses and see what happens. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right. So I didn't want to do it. Like, uh, yeah. I was like, dude, I don't want to do that, man. I'm busy. So we did it. We started doing it. And like, and the thing that sucks about working out is you don't get the results until like six months later. So I was there for like six months. I'm like, dude, none of this stuff is working. Like, why am I even here? So Mike was like, just keep doing it, dude. Like, keep going, keep going. And I kept going and I started seeing results. And then I was like, oh, I feel good. Yeah. Like I started mentally feeling good. And then physically I started to feel good. And then I stopped drinking. So I was like, huh, okay. So then I, I, my mind got a little bit clearer. And I was like, oh, so this is what sober life is like. <laughs> so it, it, it's an interesting thing to be able to go out into the world completely sober and understand your feelings. Yeah. Like you're going out into the world with no masks of alcohol or drugs or anything like that. It's just literally you're going out into the world. This is who I am. You have a clear mind and you get to see people differently. Like you, you develop a better relationship with people because it's not masked by something. Uh, does it make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Or you don't put up with people just because that's your circle anymore and you kind right. of on your, yeah. And, and I found it too, is like alcohol is expensive yeah. for one and it does absolutely nothing for me. Like at this point in my life, it, it does absolutely nothing for me. Like I, I'll have a few drinks and nothing like i don't get the same fulfillment that i used to get it because yeah. i remember like i drink like crazy at the shows well yeah i remember we would take shots together yeah. <laughs> so like that that lifestyle just and and this is goes back to is like people are different people throughout their lifetimes yeah. and i feel like i'm just now it took me 40 years together because i've been drinking since i was like 16 so i was like it just doesn't serve me the way it used to serve me like i'll have occasional drinks with friends and stuff like that like hanging out but i won't be excessive anymore because it just really doesn't do anything for me like okay. I, it doesn't it doesn't fulfill that part of my life anymore okay. or more nowadays i'd rather spend the money on experiences i don't know if it's mortality because i'm getting older and, <laughs> and i question mortality a little bit more it's like yeah. what do i want my life to mean when i die or, or will it even matter? Yeah. Oh, you know how they say that you see all your life flash before your eyes? Like, yeah, you want to see the adventures. And well, you the see- interesting part about that, too, is my buddy Rob was saying that he has a, a 88-year-old friend that's a, he said that he had probably about a week to live and he had just had a heart attack. Uh-huh. And he said, it's bullshit, Rob. Like, that stuff doesn't flash between your eyes. It, I didn't see anything. I didn't feel anything. It's a very, and I, I hate to say this out into the world because it's such a negative thing. There's this guy, Alex Hormozzi, that I follow. is one of my people that I follow religiously on, uh-huh. online. He's a great marketer, great advertiser. And he's like, one day when you die, two weeks later, people are going to visit your, your tombstone and then they're going to stop visiting you. And then they're just going to continue with life like you never existed. That's scary. And I hated him for saying that. But it's the truth. But it's the truth. I hated him for saying that because it's like, who are you to say that, that people are going to forget me? But it's true. Yeah, my grandma passed away last year. And I've been to her tombstone maybe six times. And it was like birthday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I get mad at myself for not making the time because literally it's just driving and taking 10 minutes. But it, it and then you go and it's more depressing because there's no flower, you know, so. Yeah, it, it's it's a, I, I, and I hate questioning mortality because it's like, fuck, like, w- w- what do you have to look forward to? So I, I always feel like 
whatever you can do now with the time that you have, you have to make it the best time possible with the people that you're going to keep around your whole life. Yep. Like I, I feel that that's the only thing that you can do. Yeah. Ever. Enjoy your babies. Enjoy your wife. Like travel. See. And I'm very, like I said, I'm very proud of you. I'm, I'm here in your studio. Thank I'm you. Like, this is not what we did it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're but, talking about that because yeah. the growth of the podcast is interesting too. Because when I invited you last time, it was to my house. Yeah. It was like, uh, okay, go to this <laughs> dude's house. Like it's a weird thing. But I think uh, also touching on that, the reason why I built the podcast studio is because I found that you know a lot of people are gonna want to do podcasts in the future. Okay. Especially for marketing. Uh, and we talked about this earlier. Yeah. It's like, I feel like eventually when podcasting gets mainstream, which is already technically mainstream yeah. like three years ago, it, the valley is always hard to catch up. <laughs> like, it takes like five years to catch up. Somebody but in I, 2025. Yeah, somewhere around there. Maybe I'll sell my first podcast. <laughs> but I, I feel like, you know, for, for the podcast specifically for marketing purposes, it gives depth to the person. Like, especially people who want to build like a personal brand or for marketing or for want to build like an entrepreneurial uh, online social media presence. Like the podcast is the best place to do it because people get to see how you talk, speak, your mannerisms, like that stuff. People want to do business with people that they Correct. know, like and trust, but they also have to be competent. So yeah. I, I just find it a very interesting thing that nowadays we have the Internet which we didn't have back in the day, like people can progress so much faster. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's, that's what I enjoy about. <laughs> no, I'm very proud of you. Like I said, I walked in here. I'm like, this is, this is great. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Jenny, I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. See you guys in the next session. Peace. <laughs> Bye.